0: Welcome to Roma Happens Podcast. My name is Greaves, joined today today by Char, a.k.a. Andrea Taco Bellotti, a.k.a. whatever your nickname is on the Roma server. He's one of the head guys, A.S. Chuck Rock Bottom. Uh, we're here to talk about Roma after a little bit of delay because somebody just skipped town last week and fucking didn't leave a message. We all thought he died. Turns out he just really likes trains.
1: I didn't even ride a train. I rode down on a thing of love. It out so well.
0: Really? You want to tell us a story, or do you want to keep it a secret?
1: Oh, I don't know if everybody's interested in my personal life. I mean, you know,
0: it's it's story and it doesn't have a face. Like, you know, why not? Everyone wants to judge stuff.
1: So. It's true. So, I two weeks ago, I was talking to this girl, and um, we ended up deciding that we'd want to go on a date. And so I got out of work at like seven in the morning after working all night and drove six hours down to Massachusetts. And we decided to meet up at this location and she on the way down, she told me what she was wearing and I told her what I was wearing and I changed up my outfit in the car so that way I could do what I normally do, which a lot of people find weird. And that's prowl and you know get the layout of the land and all that so i see her and i'm like um she's not my type so i decided like i already came down and it would be rude to just you know bail so we go uh we go on our date and on the way her parents call and they're like Hey, you know, they're talking about stuff, and she's like, Oh, I'm in, I'm with my friend. Uh, and they're like, Oh, hey, how do you feel about this? And I was like, Well, tell you the truth, I really don't know much about nothing. My mama raised may just not have an opinion about other people, and they're like, <laughs> Okay, I thought you were from New England. I'm like, Oh, I am, I'm from southern New England. So <laughs> So they. <laughs> so anyway, she turns white as a sheet, and I'm continuing the conversation, just carrying on <laughs> like like in that deep Forrest Gump style, and like they're they're absolutely like they're just like okay, what's your deal? So anyway, they hung up. She's like, "What the actual fuck was that?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just freeze up when I talk to like other people." So like, you talk to me just fine. I'm like yes, but you forgot how I started out talking to you on the phone. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I called you and you answered. And I was like, hi, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Please sign here on the dotted line. And she's like, oh yeah, that's right. I don't (laughs) think this is going to work out. I'm like, I don't think so either. I'm sorry. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah. And that was that. So that day (laughs) I ended up, I ended up going like 26 hours without sleep Six-hour drive down from Maine to Boston, and then I drove two hours back from Boston to New Hampshire, and then yeah, that was fun. So all for nothing. I'm, also, that you can oh, miss the podcast. Also, I could miss the podcast and secretly play Pal World at my <laughs> grandparents', and I have no regrets, and I would do it again, hundred percent. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, we haven't missed out that one on on much uh life changed but, but yeah but on the ride to the restaurant we passed Ohiri Field where which is where Roma did their Boston preseason tour training games i was like hey shit that's where i walked with Daniele De Rossi and Alessandro Florenzi and Alexander Kolarov that was so fucking cool and then i w- ended up walking back with uh Fusato and that was pretty chill too and yeah it was pretty cool so I had a bunch of flashbacks Roma related and that was that made everything better so
0: Kolarov is the guy that's uh, Sabatini wants to lead Salernitana under him and uh, De Rossi is the coach of Roma and Florence is a bum so that's nice um, two story. Three ain't bad thank you for for uh for for the lovely story that's awesome i actually generally forgot the middle part of you doing a confederation massachusetts accent um giving us a bit of a preview of what would have happened if south
1: won the war interesting uh <laughs> all right so well it's better than you know speaking german
0: and, uh, sure we 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 have a lot of uh nazi and fascist or neo-nazi neo-nazi i don't know which edition this is rising in europe so you know as my kid comes into the room walking with his hands raised up high but he just wants <laughs> um, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah so cool let's 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 uh move on from this horrible life event that happened to you where you had to talk to somebody's parents on the first date and um we got to talk about Roma. Stuff has happened. We had an episode with uh, two guests, which we will release after this one um, at some point, eventually. It's like seven hours long, so it's taking a bit of time to process it. And uh, in the meantime, let's talk about Daniela de Rossi. I think the last time we talked about Roma was when they just hired him. And now we have a few results on under the belt. I guess that's how you can say. Don, why don't you start? Sorry, Char, why don't you start?
1: Um with what? With
0: wherever through? you want. Let's let's try something new. Start wherever the hell you want. Because mm. we've been told we lack seg segments. So uh, please introduce some segments. Introduce some segments, Some stoves. Um
1: let's see. Where do I start? Which well, probably should, everybody loves geology. Probably should start at the beginning. Um, so June 6, 1927, Rome was created. <laughs> so we we whoa had, whoa
0: whoa whoa. What is what, Why why are they called Rome?
1: Uh, associated with the Rome. Yeah, was but like, a, I
0: have to start in seven fifty three
1: BC. Well, fuck them. I'm not going that far back. We're kind of <laughs> speedrunning this shit. Uh, okay. So anyway. Uh, back then there was a uh, massive meteor that hit, and uh, this legend known as Francesco Totti arrived. And you know, he was not human and he was the king but of you Rome world war two in, the, in the
0: meantime.
1: Oh, yeah, that's not important, that did nothing. So, anyway, uh, fast forward <laughs> to the current day, they sacked Jose M- Morano, and uh, we ended up getting. Our Capitano Futuro as our coach, Daniele De Rossi. Uh, everybody who is nobody, aka the Mourinho stands, are like, oh my god, you guys are just doing this because you can. Um, you don't, you don't get a results winning coach. He's nobody. He coached at Spal and went into relegation zone, and we're like, Spal wasn't that good anyway, so it was a losing battle. So, since Durasi took over, we've played four games three in the league and one friendly. And Roma has won all four games. They had a 2 1 win at the Olimpico uh, versus Verona, a 2 1 win in Saudi, uh, known uh, against a team known as Al Kabab. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we kind of skewered him. Pellegrini kind of skewered him. Uh and then back in the league, Roma uh had a 2-1 win against Salernitana and a 4-0 win against Cagliari uh against his old Mr. Claudio Ranieri. Uh kind of bittersweet. Uh the banner in the curvasuit yeah. was pretty amazing. I liked it. See, um,
0: this is where like Roma fans when they come back to their roots, when they are showing proper respect to people who have actually respected Roma. Claudia and Yeti once said, I will never come back to coach Roma again because it's too emotional. It takes way too much effort for me. I hate seeing Roma lose and I hate seeing the tenant cannot do anything to help Roma be better. This is a dude who cries for Roma, not somebody who goes into the media and says, players are shit. Try my best. He sucks. They're betraying me. Owners are not giving me money. While being paid fucking highest salary in the world for a coach, I'm pretty sure that's not correct, but I don't care. Um, to go back to Friday, sorry, it's a friendly, not a Friday. Uh, July 25, 2021, Roma Debrecen, Debrecen, the De- Debrecen Hungarian team, five-two. Uh, that is the last time Roma has won five or four games in a row. Um, it's the preseason when Jose took over. So, yeah, Roma Montecatini, Roma Ternana, Roma Triestina, and Roma Debrecen. His four wins in a row. That is the last fucking time. Roma has won four games in a row. Disaster. Um, you know what?
2: That actually might be incorrect. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Never mind. Well,
0: this doesn't count as a preseason. You know what? Let's leave it at that. Um, I am too lazy to do more accurate research, but you get my point. My numbers are never really accurate anyway. It's all about making a statement and a point, and 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 falsifying data so that you don't believe me ever to anything I I never believe you. Thank you. So Good. don't.
1: Yeah, the. Um, I don't think that Roma's pulled off four wins in a row since then, I think that they've pulled off like a couple wins and a couple draws in that. So, cause, yeah. but I don't think that they've gone on like a four win streak. Otherwise they would have unlocked the UAV. So, um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, um, people will argue, Oh my God, you know, you guys like you beat the bottom three teams in the league. Congratulations. And they, they would kind of be correct. Because <laughs> our, three, our three wins in the league were against the 17th, the 18th, and the 20th place teams. Uh, however, we played Salernitana uh, match day one. Let me check my notes. I think it was 2-2, wasn't it? Yes, it was 2-2. So match day one, Salernitana, Roma drew Salernitana 2-2. Uh, match day two, Roma lost to Verona one one two. So, uh, so we turned it around, beat Verona two one, beat Salernitana two one. So, and somebody, I had this discussion with somebody else. They're like, "Oh well, we were playing with our best player out of form, and we were playing without some valuable assets on the team, uh, because they got transferred." Oh my God, you know the... That's why we didn't get any results uh, in the first two match days. I'm like, well, if you're talking about Smalling being our best player, we don't have Smalling now, and you had Smalling back then. Oh, we were forced to play Indica uh, before he was ready. Indica never played in either of those matches. He never even substituted on, so that argument's invalid. And we didn't have Indika for either one of these matches either, because he's due to uh, out due to AFCON. So, your argument's invalid. And if you're talking about losing Ibanez, we don't have Ibanez still, so I really don't give a flying fuck. And if you're going to say, oh my god, this squad had more time to gel, it's more of a tactical thing, I believe, because Mourinho played three at the back, and it appears that if you put one more defender at the back, you will defend better for some reason. Because I mean,
0: um, would you? Because we conceded four goals in the first three games. So... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Six goals in the first three games. My bad. Six goals? Yeah, 2-2. Two, two, lost to uh, Verona 2-1. And then lost to Milan
1: 1-2. Yes, but I'm talking about uh, under De Because Mourinho plays three at the back. Yeah. I'm saying De Rossi...
0: We're supposed to defend better with one defender uh, more, but we don't. We had six goals conceded in the first
1: four opening games. It's insane. Yes, but I'm talking about we had three at the back the entire time. Yeah. Under Mourinho. Now we have yeah. four at the back under De Rossi, and we've managed to... Like, yes, the, other, the opposition scored. We finally had our first clean sheet after it took three league games, but we finally got our first clean sheet and so took a while but i honestly believe that uh de rossi he actually it's interesting he hasn't played the same formation in any of the games he started off with like a 4231 and then he had like a a 433 and then he had like a 433 diamond so it's actually kind of kind he of adapts. interesting that he's yeah, yeah he's adapting and it's kind of interesting how he does that um, probably just finding out his identity. Uh, during those during those four games, um, our our ghost of a player, Lorenzo Pellegrini's come back. Uh, he's had four goals in four games, and I don't know how many other assists, but he had an assist uh, to Dibala in the Caliote match. Uh, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. He's Thanks. actually... He's had he's had a good re- revitalization. It's kind of interesting. If you actually had somebody who played alongside him, like De Rossi, know how Lorenzo Pellegrini plays, you can use his strengths and actually have a decent player. So I have a feeling this is a great fit for Pellegrini, and it's really refreshing to watch as uh, he revitalizes and comes alive. So it was actually kind yeah. of interesting. He had... <laughs> He had some choice words against Lukaku, and I think it was Paredes. Uh, he said that their dis- display was kind of trash Wait, in the who, last
0: game. Who? who, who had
1: De Rossi? Derossi. Ro- De Derossi. Okay. Uh, All yeah, right. he... Uh, Do hold on, I gotta find it again. <laughs> so, yeah, he... Um, He said, Roma boss Daniele De Rossi slammed Romulo Lukaku and Leandro Paredes for being stupid during the team's 4-0 win against Caleri. Uh Let's see. Paredes picked up a yellow card. And speaking to reporters after the game. Uh Derasu said, Look, I like it when players try to defend their teammates, but when leading 4-0, they need to be intelligent. We need to clamp down on this sort of behavior because getting booked when you're up 4-0 is truly stupid. We cannot afford to lose any of these players. So that was, is
0: something you would hear like 15 years ago from commentators where they're like, But that is a stupid move. You cannot get it get kind of lost somewhere along the lines of coaches being insane and like trying to change the game. But it just sounds to me like old-school coaches saying, like, dude, you're 4-0 up, what the fuck are you getting booked? We need you for the next game. It's such yeah. a logical thing that we've lacked for so long. Ah, that's actually so good. Refreshing. Very refreshing. Yeah.
1: So, But if,
0: if, if this was Jose, he would say something akin to, these players are just starting a coup against me. Coup? Cool. Yeah, Coup. Cool. Coup.
1: Cool. Cool. You don't. But the P P is silent. The the P is silent, like pterodactyl. So, um, I got a question. I got a I got a question for you. Yes. So we're about to play Inter tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. What? Is it Friday or Saturday? Why would we play on a fucking Friday? Because we're playing against Inter, so we have less rest. Ang day for one night. Nah, it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Saturday. Anyway, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your time. So, yeah. question for you. Yes. So the uh the people watching in the background anxiously waiting for our first defeat are like, oh yeah, you well well the real test comes against Inter, and I'm like, that's true. The first test really does come against Inter. Would you rather? beat the lower half of the table teams consistently or lose and draw to the lower half teams Ooh. but you have a 50% chance to win or draw against the top six
0: Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question Um,
2: one second
0: let me find something for you let me find something for you season 2003-2004 Roma finished second 11 points behind Milan. Roma had 71 points. Juve 2 points ahead or 2 points behind Inter 10 uh, points behind Juve. So it was uh, 71 points good enough for second place ahead of 69 points for Juventus. Roma had a Roma had a score of 4-0 that season against Juventus. Including a start of the season with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games without a single defeat. Opened the game, opened the season with only three draws in those 14 games before losing to Milan 1 2 eventually. So 11 wins and three draws in the first 14 rounds. And then, by the way, continued with two more wins after Milan. Um, Rome also beat Inter 4 1 that season. That is the Roma that I remember growing up. Nobody expected that Roma would win the title. Uh, we had a pretty good team. Casano was breaking through and shit. Um, it was, I think, after after the coach left. Shit, was who was the coach? No, it was Fabio Capello. He left after the season. Um, so this is the last season that the Roma was really, really, really good. Um after this, Roma kind of fell apart. And this is the last time that people have seen Roma, you know, because dominate big teams. Um, it was this was the end of the title winning Roma, basically, the collapse, if you will, that been nations or secret base would um, have to do a, a, an episode about after this, season two thousand and four, so twenty years ago, um. Roma has always been a team that you don't really care what to do against small teams, because you know they're going to lose or draw or something, whatever, but they play against big teams. You watch that because the Milan games, the Juve games, the Inter games, the Lazio games, the Parma games, if you would believe it, they were a big team. Um, Roma would win. Like Sometimes they would lose, but Roma would win. Roma would play to win those games because it was about pride. It was about Tate putting on a show. It was about proving that we still belong with the big boys despite having financial difficulties and be- besides not being involved in any um cheating or scandals or whatever that other teams were uh and later caught so i grew up watching this roma and watching roma just defeat the big guys and big teams and big dogs instead of fighting for titles like that was the point of pride so we also watched Roma four years ago, uh, not able to beat any of these guys, any of the big teams, including Lazio. But we built a foundation. I felt like we were building a foundation for the team, and we just needed to get better. We needed to get more fit. Tactics needed imp- improving. The instructions needed improving. People bring up the Manchester United game, where like, it was, I don't know, 1-1 at the halftime, and we lost 6-2 or whatever, 5-2. I don't know. I don't remember. The- Yo. sorry about that. Yeah, my headphones turned off. Um, but I thought that is a really good way to build a team. So I feel that playing to beat the big teams is suicidal, and it's very irresponsible. But it's it gives pride to Roma fans, uh, which I consider to be kind of mindless and very primitive type of football. Um, as much as I would absolutely, like, I'm saying this with, like, pain in my heart because I love watching Roma beat the big teams. That is my, that is what I fucking lived for. Like, those games where I just go to school and I go to my teacher who is, English teacher, who is, like, the biggest Inter fan on the planet and I'm, like, just smiling and she's like, you, shut the fuck up, go to the, go bend to the bend bench, back row, go. I don't want to hear from you. I'm like, I didn't say shit. She's like, I'm going to fail you for the year. Shut up. <laughs> I love those ties, but that's irresponsible. You can't build like that. You can't fucking make that work and be like, "Yes, this is financially profitable for us." From what? Betting on <laughs> winning against the big team? like betting on 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 large odds. No, build by beating the smaller teams, and then eventually, as you're strong enough and as you get stronger, you'll be able to beat the big ones. Example of that: Bologna this year who are trying to build a good team and they're investing a lot into youth and they're bringing in Brazilian guys for for like 10, 11, 15 million, whatever, uh, as we've seen in January. And they just managed to beat Roma, who in Bologna's eyes is a fucking giant coached by one of the greatest coaches of all time. Of course, we know it's different, but they're also a team that's, you know, threatening Inter, they're threatening Lazio. I don't know if they, I think they beat Napoli, like destroyed him or something. Um, but yeah, that is how you build a team. And that is what you want to have, the consistency, the system, the implementation of an actual system. It's kind of like when an NBA player goes from one team to another and people go like, well, he's going to do well there because they're, they're a good team. It's a good team because they have a good system. They have a good foundation. They have a good front office. They have good management. They know exactly what what they're doing. They have a... Uh, they see what they want to achieve with their team and they are following that vision. It's 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 a very good plan they've put in place. It's it's a developed vision. And then bad teams are just changing their coaches every single year. They don't know what they're doing. The front, front office is kind of there, kind of not there being fired or not being fired. They're like training for players that they don't even know what they're doing. Like Pistons, for example. Like you can't tell me that Pistons have a fucking idea what they're doing with, with, their ta- with their team, with their squad, they're hanging on to old stars. Like, what are you doing? You're the worst team. In the- Never mind. So yeah, <laughs> a bit of a longer answer there.
1: I ain't reading all that. I'm happy for you, <laughs> or uh, my condolences, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, we need to put the
0: timestamp to like end of rant. So, Give me the
1: too long didn't read. Beat the bottom um, table consistently or beat or lose, draw or 50% win against the top six.
0: Beat the bottom feeders consistently and build consistency that way.
1: Okay. Jesus However, Christ. That was fucking me. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, what's. You you freaking tortured the poor child in the background with that answer.
0: I'm I'm neglecting him to tell this story. Um, When you mentioned the back four versus the back three, do you see the back three as just three defenders versus back four as four defenders?
1: I see it basically three versus four. I know that they were called to do different tactical things, but... I have a feeling that, like, to me, if you have four people playing back, you know, you have better chance of defending, picking up the ball. And it's kind of kind of showed a little bit. Uh, Roma seems to run a higher line. Uh, in the defense, which we kind of seen under Paulo Fonseca, and that kind of bit us in the ass, and it kind of showed a little bit in the Salernitana game because they just kept uh, bringing attacking pressure on the counterattack. So, like, for example, they had 15 shots, uh, seven of them were on target, so that, like, that against, like, the bottom team in the league, kind of, kind of a little concerning. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Derossi manages against Inter. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. But uh, it'll be... To me, it'll be very interesting.
0: But... See, yeah.
1: to me, back
0: three is three dedicated central defenders. Whereas back four implies two dedicated central defenders with two Two wingbacks. Wing Two like fullbacks, but they're always attacking. And I consider Karsdorp a right back, for example. But I don't consider Spinazzola a left back because Spinazzola, like, yes, he comes back to defend, but he's not good at defending. Karsdorp is like he tracks people down from one line, from like our goals line, and then he's also the guy crossing the ball from basically the corner line. So like he's sprinting all the entire, uh, the entire way up and down the pitch. I feel I, I don't I don't consider fullbacks defenders though. I consider like central midfielders defenders because they're the guys who are supposed to supposed to do the same thing basically. Um, they're supposed to shield the defense. But I don't know. I feel like in, in Joseph's system, when you say back three, it just means two wingbacks as well on the side who are also just asked to basically play the back five line. So like. Back three is supposed to have two guys also going forward, but it doesn't. It just has, you know, five defenders in me, in my, in my view. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd, I this is some coming from somebody whose football knowledge comes from playing 6 aside in elementary school. So, and three of them were just kicking the ball out in the out of bounds because they're like, "It's better to kick you out of bounds than the don't goal, bro." Okay. Hey. You know who you are. Um, next topic. What do we want to talk about?
1: Ah, uh, the transfer window happened. Oh
2: shit! True. What happened? So in the transfer window?
1: we had. I think it was. I think it was two incoming and two outgoing. Oh, uh, I believe three, it was
0: three. Technically, I think.
1: What three out, two in? Three in. Hausen is also on a right Ah, he doesn't count. We already talked about him.
0: <laughs> okay, so two new ones. We had Baldanzi and we had Angelino.
1: Yes, we had Tomato Baldanzi from Empoli and he's on loan with a fifteen million obligation. Uh people believe he's the Dybala replacement due to the growth decree uh happening. So that's I think pretty good. gonna leave. Ah, uh, probably. I heard Barcelona wants to activate his release clause. It's another economic lever at their disposal. So, so I don't understand his release clause. I thought it expired, and I thought it's
0: like it was only available until January twelfth. But like in February, we hear news of Barcelona wanting to buy him for the release clause. I guess maybe they would offer the same amount of money, so Roma would be like. Sure, you're gonna pay all his salary. Sure, see you.
1: Yeah. Maybe. So yeah, we signed uh, Baldanzi on a loan with a 50 million obligation. Angelino, uh, he is on a six month loan with five million buy option.
0: Yeah. Do you get the Angelino uh, thing? Because I, I I don't understand. He had a. Um, he had a really good a half season or a season last year and last 2022 2023 with leipzig the red one of the red bull teams and then he was like he was amazing he had 75 assists and 20 million goals um but then they were like we're sending you to turkey and if you play a certain amount of games they have to buy you for 5 million euros and then he played half season and then he was benched because he was one game away from you know being an obligation and they were like, uh, we don't want to buy him, and he was apparently really good for them. So why are teams trying to get rid of him? Is it the neck tattoo?
1: Uh, probably. Whoa. Seems like neck tattoo people seem to have a colorful transfer history. Looking at you, Raja Nangalan. <laughs> he's he's
0: playing right now for a police owned team in Indonesia. Oh, and they're, like, yeah. dead last. That's <laughs> fucking stupid. Thailand, Indonesia, whatever. Same thing. Eh. Anyway, we are, we are, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We're too far east of the... west of the... Either way of those countries that we don't know anything about Southeast Asia. Wait. Is Thailand the language which speaks Tagalog, or is that Philippines? Uh, you know, I need to Google it. And also, I never knew if it's Tagalog or Tagalog. Whatever. It's Austronesian language spoken in Luzon. Isn't Luzon Philippines? I Luzon it is, is Philippines. Tagalog or Tagalog is. I won't. Are you planning on going to Luzon to ditch a podcast? <laughs>
1: um, no, so I'm, I'm planning you know. on going to Belgrade to ditch a Bel- to ditch a podcast. <laughs>
0: Cool. Hey, let's do a let's do a, a an on location podcast from Belgrade. As we oh, that'd be interesting.
1: As we're kid, Today as we're, being we're, stolen. we're we're, we're, we're <laughs> reporting we're reporting outside of the stadium of uh, Red Star. Uh, we have a Fadine banner and yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, that's great. Somebody stabbed me. Hang on. <laughs>
0: Uh, that'd be great.
1: We just not we we great. should do that. We should film just knock on the knock on the stadium entrance. Hello, I'd like our banner back, please. Just dress all in Roma gear. Just a,
0: just a cardboard sign with Fidine and then just like some glitter and uh,
1: probably Kevin Smith style. So, all right, maybe. Boat Surely you, you can't be serious. Though. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs>
0: So we kind of bought on Heleno. I don't know. Like I, I feel <laughs> I feel like after his first performance we're just gonna buy him because people are like, oh my god, nobody has crossed the ball this way since fucking collar over whoever. This is Kafu just with the left foot. Uh, like yeah, we've seen those crosses from Spinazzola just like two weeks ago. He had an amazing like amazing setup for a goal for Lukaku. We've seen so, Spinazzola and Carzib this season have some amazing crossings. We scored goals off of those, but like, whatever. I guess we, we he's he's good. He's he's good. He knows how to cross, and he kind of knows how to defend. And he's also kind of dirty, but you know, he's Spanish, so it comes with.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> for for reference, in the uh, in the game against Calgary, we had. 8 out of 13 crosses completed. So the Salernitana game, uh, we had 3 of 7. The al Kebab game, we had 9 out of 17. Did and you know? Did you know? Fun fact. Salernitana plays
2: Empoli today. Nice. Yeah, fun fact.
1: The <laughs> Verona goal game had one out of seven crosses completed. So we've actually been making significant improvement in our crossing game. So okay. I think I think it's merited Agnolino actually is doing something. However, I'd like to see him do something against the not 18th place team in the league.
0: Yeah, that seems to be the story right now. Like, ah, we want to see this player and this coach and this team do something against people who are not 18. I absolutely hate. I absolutely hate it. We're still starting, uh, Ray Patricio. Like, sure, he was okayish. Like, he had some good saves against Solanitana. Wait. Do we play against Kaderi, Jesus. Caleri. Against Kadri. But, like, he's, he's trash. We know that this, he's garbage. You just give fucking gloves to to Milas Vilar and just please let him be their goalkeeper. I am so fucking tired of watching this dude stand and do nothing doesn't matter what kind of a cross it is the ball could be rolling towards his his box he's gonna stand on his line and just wait for the ball to come to him just please give me a goalkeeper who's gonna run around and move and jump and intercept passes and crosses and fight for the ball please fucking yeah. free patricio I'm so tired of him um and his style of just he—he's like he plays like Jose envisions goalkeepers to play. I swear to God, just absorb pressure, bro. It's fine. Like just if you can stand inside your goal, it'd be fucking perfect. Your hands outside of it. That's it.
2: Yeah. But
1: uh... yeah. So, in the goalkeeper perspective, like Sviar would be good. I have a feeling like he had a chance. I think he played in the Al Shabaab game. Yeah. Um, The Al Sharabi game? Yeah. And he just was the victim of an absolute fucking masterpiece free kick. Yeah. Like like, last player. You really couldn't, really couldn't save that in general.
0: Like, we would not
1: be able to sign Carrasco right now if
0: if we had all the money. Like, if we didn't have Lukaku and Dibalo, we still wouldn't be able to afford Carrasco. (laughs) Like he's class. Like, he's just fucking being wasted in Saudi Arabia for
1: a fuck ton of money. But whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it it it's interesting. Um, I would be. Like I wouldn't mind seeing him play. I got a feeling that Uh is gonna punt on the Europa League. And focus on really? the Syria. Yeah. You. I. I. With five slots in play right now for Champions League, I think it would rather be beneficial to focus on the league and try and get like fourth place because then you have a comfortable slot. Um, obviously beat Feyenoord just because they're bitches and it's not a rivalry because they always kick our ass. But um, then after Feyenoord... You, uh, have to, you have to say it, right? It's not
0: our rivalry because they always kick our ass. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think you're expecting DeRossi to be a calculating guy who's just like, ah, I need results, man. I think he's not doing that right now. Like, my gut feeling is, from everything we've seen, from everything we know about DeRossi, from everything we've heard, yeah. I think he's just taking it to one game at a time. And uh, the kid says hi as well. And I think it's just kind of like he's going to want to win every single game. I think against Inter, he's going to try to win as well. I feel like we're just going to take huge initiative against. we'll talk about Inter again later. But like, I honestly think he's just taking it that's one game at a time. And we're going to try to win everything. I don't think it's going to be calculations. What is funny? Why are you laughing at me? Think I'm stupid? Think you know better? Do
2: you? Now he's quiet. <laughs>
0: anyway, um, yeah. So we've mentioned Smalling, who could be returning for Inter, actually, which is interesting. People were like, Da, ah, look at Smalling! He just got to like immediately start playing." Now that Jose is gone, he was sabotaging Jose. Now he's still injured, but apparently. Roma is working very, or Daniel De Rossi is working very carefully with both Smalling and Sanchez. And I feel Renato Sanchez is going to get some really meaningful minutes in this uh, rest of the season. Then again, I'm not sure who he would replace because De Rossi seems hellbent on respecting players again, which. I have to say immediately I'm not a fan of because that's a strategy that Paolo Fonseca attempted to respect players, and it backfired with Cristante and Pellegrini in particular. So Fonseca even tried to bench Cristante, and then he tried to turn him into a makeshift central back central defender, and eventually he just didn't want to play Cristante anymore until it was absolutely necessary because we had way too many players injured and no replacements. Um, I don't want to see that happen again. Uh, I was very, very, very disappointed that uh, Cristante was starting against Kyrie with Paredes, with Pellegrini, when Bove has been by far... Our best player. And I'm not saying this because I don't like Christian and players. I think Bove was absolutely amazing. And I think everyone would agree that in the month of January. And maybe going as far as all of December. Bove was so far ahead of everyone else. Like, far ahead of everyone else.
1: And, um, I don't know. He came on with Zaleski and he actually did some things. So it was nice yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um...
0: I I really wish we would stop forcing that this club belongs to Cristante and Pellegrini. They've had six going on seven years together now at Roma, and it's just done absolutely fucking nothing. We've produced absolutely nothing, no results. This is their fourth coach. It's not working. Um, it needs to change. I don't care how rejuvenated and better they seem under De Rossi. They are aim like headless chickens running around with no idea what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. No amount of like Spalatti wouldn't be able to fix these guys. Like, they, you cannot teach 28, 29, 20, 30 year olds how to play football because they'll just be like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. My agent's calling me, I'm going to Saudi Arabia. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't care. It's like when we try to teach Miralem Pjanic to play uh, fucking DM. Because we needed somebody to play make from the deep from our uh, half, and he was just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. "Uh huh, uh huh." Juventus is calling. Sorry, I got a bill. Like, and then he paid for himself to be released. Um, I still don't know how Juventus pulled it off without being uh, prosecuted. So, yeah. Whatever. Uh, we have a lot of midfielders. We have Auer coming back, or he came back already. We have Sanchez probably coming back soon. We have uh, Paredes, Bove, um, Cristante, and Pellegrini are all playing better. Some would say this was Cristante's best uh, game so far this season. I think he had like one more where he was just dominating as well. But
2: I see these games just fluke. It did the thing again. Headphones turned off again. Where teams
1: I think he's dead. He's dead, Jim. Finally, I get to run this podcast the way I want to run the podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Roma Happens Podcast, the legendary Char edition. I'm your host, Charizard's Rage, joined by nobody. This is how we're going to run the podcast. Now, I get to talk about all the fun things that Roma gets to do. While he's off doing battery things, Roma <laughs> is in negotiations with the Saudis <laughs> to sell a steak of the club <laughs> uh, either to the uh, public investment fund or to a private investor both parties want 100% and Roma's like no dice so yeah and he's back so this has been a Roma Happens Char Edition signing off
0: thanks you're saving me of having to uh, edit the whole fucking thing um, yeah I just want to say that, like in conclusion, I don't believe these resurgence games are good showing from our midfielders. We don't need our midfielders to score. We don't need our midfielders to fucking uh, show skill and take penalties and whatever. We need our fucking midfielders to protect the defense and to help carry the ball forward. That is all. Like Just be present. Don't let the, the opposing midfielder dominate. That's all we need you to do and move the ball forward. That is what we needed Mkhitaryan for. Nope, 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 and nope. We are not getting that from Cristante. We're not getting that from Pellegrini. Whatever. Um. I feel like I. Just, here's the thing. I, I'm concluding with this thought. I really feel like people forgot all the criticism we had for Pellegrini and Cristante. And I feel like we're going to have to f- go through rediscovering Everything we fucking had to discover about him in the previous years, everything from Cieka stripped and exposed to the world what the problem of these of this team is that we failed to address because we got Jose Mourinho for three fucking years, and I feel we're gonna have to go through all of that again, where people will have to have to come in and say like we're we're gonna bring Wayne to analyze games and he's gonna say the same things he's gonna he said like five years ago, Cristante doesn't know where he's going pedigree is thinking is way too slow and he doesn't know what to do with the ball even when he's stole by the coach he doesn't know what to do with the ball he makes bad decisions and he thinks way too slow he stops the attacks we've seen it against Kyrie. he received two balls in like three versus one i think and he passed the ball back why did you at one nil why did you turn a three versus one into three versus seven (laughs) like what the fuck dude and I don't know, that could be remnants of, of of playing under Jose. I don't know. I don't like this. I really, really, really hope that somebody's going to come in and reform the entire fucking team. I hope they hire somebody with balls and not someone who's going to be like, mm, yes, yes, Cristante is an important player. Um, that said, Daniela De Rossi addresses the team after every single game and says things like, this is why I value Daniela De Rossi or Cristante, sorry. He knows exactly what I need him to do. He knows everything that I want him to do. He, if, I, if I ask him to play left back, he's going to play left back. If I ask him to do this, he's going to do this. That's fantastic. It's great that the players are receiving praise. It doesn't mean that they're doing it well. It doesn't mean that he's executing exactly what the coach needs him to do. It just means that Daniel De Rossi is trying to encourage his player and trying to make people go like, oh, yes, everything's Kumbaya. Great. I fucking hate watching Cristante play. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
1: It has been zero podcast since the last time Greaves has absolutely shit on Cristante for no reason. No reason? No reason. No next reason? Up, next up, this motherfucker news. never gets injured. Next segment, <laughs> Jalen Brown is trash. More at 11. Uh, Tatum's trash as well. Trade him both. Oh my god. Trade them both for
0: Embiid and uh, him. Beat Watch and beat. Win the title. Ugh. You know, here's the thing. The thing I said recently or earlier in the podcast about the systems. Uh, I had some. I, I wrote somewhere on Reddit like as a joke, like "haha, trade Embiid Jill and beat for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Watch win the one. Watch win the title." Somebody said, "Well, he is playing with a shitty system in Philadelphia." And I'm thinking like, yeah, if you put Embiid in the Celtics system, where everything has been stable for the past, I don't know, 15 fucking years, going on 20 years, probably. Like, Brad Stevens came in, and he just took over from Danny Ainge. He didn't change anything in the front office. He just continued working, doing the same things Danny Ainge was doing. Exact same things. Nothing has changed. The draft hasn't changed. The Celtics are still amassing undersized, (laughs) stocky, strong athletic players. Nothing has changed. They're doing the same fucking thing because it works. Yeah, if you put Embiid on a on a winning team with a winning mentality, he would be a winning player. Not Philadelphia, who fucking had main guy in the fucking organization trash talk his own players from fucking brother accounts, talking about callers every single day and slants. Um yeah. <laughs> this podcast did start as me saying, "Hey, I need somebody to rant against." And you said, "All right, let's do a podcast."
2: <laughs> <Ugh>.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know why I do this with you. I can't work with these conditions. <laughs> All right. Um
0: What did it mention? So unhealing your own. Let's bring in new
1: content, they said. Let's do all kinds of segments, they said. And no, it's always Chris Dante. Jalen Brown sucks. No wonder we can't get anywhere on this fucking channel because you keep bringing up the same dead horse. Send it to the glue factory. Just fucking get rid of it. Come up with some new material. (laughs) Boom. Jesus freaking Christ. (laughs) I'm about to sack you and bring in DeRossi, because this fucking blows. <laughs> hey, You're man, remember that late. one kid you walked in? Remember that one kid you walked with in Boston? Yes. Want to do a podcast? Hell yeah, man. You know, me and him, we're basically blood brothers now, so you know. But, yeah, like, we could get some tactical analysis. I'll fucking bring in Len, Len. He'd fucking do a better job than you. At least he's At least his vendetta's gone. He's like, I'll do a podcast when Mourinho's gone. Mourinho's gone, does a podcast. Fucking A-Right. You, on the other hand, I fucking hate this team. I can't watch this something with Jalen Brown. Watches them play last night. Shut the fuck up. This is uh, the level of fraud alert right here. That you're high on the fraud alert. Yeah, I said I'm not watching topics anymore. Ever, and again. then you, and you go, like, yeah, and it's brilliant. like you don't, you don't, you watch like one game a year. I've watched two games this year, so there, I already met my yearly <laughs> quota.
0: I fucking watched this team. I,
1: you I, watch every game. Listen. You listen. Shut the fuck up. You watch, but you watch every game, and then you watch it in Spanish just to make sure you didn't miss anything. And <laughs> Yep, Jalen Brown still sucks. <laughs> You watch it in Italian and and English commentary, and then you go watch some stream on frickin' French or whatever. Yep, Cristante still sucks.
0: Oh my god. Uh, I mean, he does.
1: I'm sick so, and tired of this shit, man. Go find some new material. Go pick on the Primavera. At least the fucking women's team is through in the set in the Coppa Italia. I think they're on to the semis now. I don't think they're playing in the Women's Champions League. I think they ended up at the bottom of the table. But go fucking pick on something else. Go pick on... Uh, what's their name there? The one I got to... Well, I can't talk about that one. Valencia Giacatini. Giacinti. Yes.
2: Jacket. Uh, uh
0: No, I like listen. If you if you do a count of how many games Celtics played since like two thousand six or two thousand five or something like that, I've watched like ninety percent of the games, which means that I've stayed fucking awake for thousands of fucking times just to watch this team play. I've seen this team lose. 60 times in a season, and I still haven't been disgusted as much as I am with watching one player play basketball, and everyone's like, he's the best player in the league. And he's just he's he's not. He's he's just so bad. And you're like, we'll find something new to talk about. I can't, they keep fucking playing him. I have to watch this shit. (laughs) Say with Roma. Cristante is so bad. I can't not talk about Cristante because this everyone keeps insisting on, on on helping Cristante. Dude. I swear to God, Fonseca, uh, Mourinho, was uh, Di Francesco, all of them, all of them were chased out of Rome. All of them were chased out of Rome. Nobody has the fucking balls to change the one thing that everybody's saying is not working. Not one of them came out and said, I'm going to bench this guy because he's fucking ruining everything we're doing. Everyone who watches Roma sees Cristante misplacing passes or turning back to back pass when he can back- pass forward. He doesn't go forward with the ball because he can't. He doesn't know how to because he can't. I don't Ugh. need such a player on my team.
1: I saw Cristante like, shoot three times and hit the woodwork twice in the last match. So, I that's don't need forward. him to be a forward. That we was just need not a forward. Yeah, we did. He's a, when we got him from Adelante, is an attacking midfielder. And then they're like, Guess what? You're going to play defense. Okay, I really don't know how to do that. I'll just pass backwards. Yeah, I'll shoot at a goal. And we have the that's what up, I do.
0: and we have Baldanzi now, and we also have Stefano Schraube, and we have Pellegrini, all of whom are supposed to play attacking midfielder. We don't need Cristante for that. Why not? We really don't. Need, he doesn't have the fucking spatial. You know how many times I've seen a midfielder turn their head on a swivel, like keep their head on a swivel as they're receiving the ball in the midfield to see what's going on around them, to gather information and process information, and then go. Watch to play. He never fucking lifts his head. Never. His head is stuck on the ball. Dude, you're not a midfielder. You, that's not how midfielders play. And I'm saying this as a, somebody who doesn't have experience of playing midfield. You know,
1: as somebody who irks the shit out of you would say zero ball knowledge. Yes. Zero ball knowledge. <laughs> ratio. <Maybe>. Ratio. <laughs> catch, catch this ratio. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if 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 you hate me, just uh comment on this episode with five stars. <laughs> yeah. If no. you want to be gone from the from the podcast, just just please. six stars, six stars. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Roma Inter Saturday, uh, six p.m. European time, twelve p.m. American Eastern time, and yeah. I think that's it
0: one thing that i wanted to mention actually is uh the appearance, the appearance of baldanzi and the appearance of Zalewski. so baldanzi is not um the doesn't see him as a left back which is fantastic because he's not everyone knew that and he was turning into another florenzi but this last game he showed a couple of times that he instead, that he can still dribble and get past people, which is awesome. So that was really nice to see, and I wanted to just address that, because we all thought he's lost. He's not. He's still in there. Tylewski is still in there. We just need to find him, and uh, we need to give him time. One thing I hate, though, he has the fucking annoying, shitty-ass habit, like a moron, to complain to the referee, to flop around... Be touched, and he's like, "Da, rev, look, he touched me, da," and then some Italian cursing with whatever. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. And yeah, big props to Baldanzi for coming on, <laughs> coming on as a sub for Dubala. Like, that's a that's a dream right there.
2: It's a dream come true. <laughs>
0: Uh, so before we close it's February 8th also selling down to play tomorrow against Tempoli it was my fun fact which I got wrong I told you don't trust my
2: facts yes I'm not trusting you thank you <laughs> so yeah um, that's it for me I got nothing <laughs>
0: Uh, One last thing I want to actually address before we do close, and this is like actual closing thought on the podcast, is on February 4th, 2023, at 7.53pm, my time, which is about sometimes during the day your time. I wrote, let's do podcast, what are you doing five hours from now? And you said, no idea, can I drink? (laughs) I said, what? You said, no idea. Can I drink? And then a little when bit after this? midnight My Time. So February 4th, last year. So this podcast officially turned one year old. And we missed doing an episode for it. So this is like a birthday, annual episode, whatever. Um, we haven't really been consistent. But we've kind of been here. Because we never ran out of things to talk about. I had a small child to raise. You had alcoholism to develop.
1: And oh, it's not alcoholism. Something. I just wanted something to drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, and happy birthday to the Roma Happens
0: podcast! Then. Here's to more segments and more. Uh, 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 I don't know. Well, what, let's let's what think about better? it. Oh yeah, we can we can like publish we can publish one episode a week.
1: For hold of on, being lazy. <laughs> Hold on. We'll do we'll we'll do this. We'll let's let's end it on this. For all those who have listened, thank you. Um tell us what you want to hear in our second year of existence.
0: Look at you reading books about podcasts, asking audience about their input.
1: Look that at me awesome. doing that it on my own because somebody doesn't like me doing research. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you for all those who have uh, stuck with us through our one year. Um, thank you to all the guests we've had on uh, through this one year. Thanks to Wayne and Len Len and Prax and ben, the Multivisitor and, and, and Ben yeah. and Mangoes and. fuck,
2: what's
0: their name? Alexa. Alexa. Shit. Yes. we need to get her back on the podcast sometime she's yes. insane in a good way and thanks thanks to mala too. mala
1: was there yeah
0: Mala was running our socials for a while until he went on a vacation and said hey guys when i come back i can pick it up again and then i just forgot to tell him we we're doing podcasts again so <laughs> uh yep. that's on me that's that, that shows professionalism here but yeah yes all right cool thanks guys uh, Here's to a few more years of this, at least, until Roma stops to exist when we get bought by Saudis and moved to Riyadh. And I don't mean Roma as a club. I mean, Roma as Rome
2: is moved to Riyadh. On the, on the line. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Uh.